Welcome back, Seahawks fans, to the newest episode of the Seahawks Nest Podcast. I'm your host, Santa, joined as always by the Devin Witherspoon to my Tariq One. It's Kevin Garber. Kevin, how you doing? Oh, oh, my leg. Hey, you're coming back. You practiced. You practiced. You practiced today, Kevin. And then our just very, that would go for Eric. And our very own Trey Brown. That's right. The starting left quarterback. That's a. It's official. The starting left quarterback, my, uh, Trey Brown. Eric, how you doing? Was there any doubt? I'm doing fine. But was there any doubt? The way that the preseason went, the only guy I thought could could beat him out was Artie Burns, and he ended up on the practice squad. I want to talk about that really quick. A lot of people were surprised, like, oh, why why didn't another team pick him up? Okay, first of all, if he's going to play for the veteran minimum, he should go where he likes it the best. What if he just likes being on this team, and he just likes it, and he's like, okay, I'm just going to be on the practice squad. I don't care. <laughs> like, like, if he just likes it, it's not that, I don't know, it's not that surprising to me. He's been around the block. He wants to be part of the team. Good for him. I love Artie Burns even more now. More than he does seem like kind of the best. He's endeared me. He's endeared me to him to an even greater degree than he was uh, endeared to me before. But we'll talk about the the composition, the practice squad in just a second. Has we had Artie it, Burns hit the status where if he goes anywhere except for like the 49ers, you're going to root for him? Oh yeah. If he's not in the NFC, if he's not in the NFC West, he's a he's a Seahawks legend. Every time I he comes up in the episodes where we preview the teams, I'm always gonna say Artie Burns the the same way I do with any ex Seahawk that I actually like. Yeah. Uh, he's, uh, he's 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 approaching Ryan Neal status. Oh yeah, Ryan Neal. Great. Great Seahawk legend. Okay. We the seat the it was a the fifty three man cutdown was a, full of twists and turns. The next day, waivers cleared and the dust settled, and two more moves were there to be made. The Seahawks picked up two players now remember at that point they have to cut two guys to make room for those waivers claims so that's why some a lot of teams don't make waivers claims they don't want to lose any of their 53 guys they might want someone who got waived but they're like eh, we don't want to lose a guy off the 53 we'll hopefully try to steal them onto our practice squad you know stuff like that so the seahawks went and got two players though first player kevin i'm gonna let you take this one away because this is a guy that seems like someone you would have scouted heading into the nfl draft uh, this is uh, a, yeah, I definitely this, did. You're this correct. is a this is a long, uh, decently long armed uh, Stanford cornerback, which is like kryptonite for <laughs> <laughs> kryptonite for Pete kryptonite for Pete Carroll's. Uh, tell me and Eric about Caillou Blue Kelly. All right, so number one, uh, do you know who his dad is? It's Brian Kelly, the Brian uh, Kelly Super and Bowl champion Brian Kelly, Super Bowl quarterback who didn't win it, Jim Kelly. Uncle. <laughs> <No>? <laughs> and uh, as Nathan knows, I was a big fan of Tampa Bay back in the day. Our uh, our draft botanists, our expansion botanists, um, and I really enjoyed watching those defenses. So that was like one of the first things I learned about Kaiubu Kelly. But watching him play, um, he was a guy who was valued a little bit higher going into like the pre-draft prospect or uh, pre sorry the the preseason process going into the 2022 college football season. And then Stanford just like kind of shot itself and yeah, he, all of their he, prospects nosedived. He led the conference in 2021 with 13 pass defense. Like he was good. He was very good. Well, and how see hockey is this six foot 32 inch arms ran a four, five, two forty, So slightly slower, longer guy with Nepo, Nepo baby. Pete Nepo loves, baby, yeah. Pete loves his Nepo babies. He loves players who have family that are in the, in we're in the league loves, loves guys with pedigree. california ties yep. loves guys uh i wonder if he's a multi-sport athlete maybe he played field hockey or something so i'm i'm replacing <laughs> eric i just want to i don't want to let you know i'm replacing pedigree with nepo baby because pedigree sounds weird to me it's like these aren't like horses or racing greyhounds or whatever <laughs> so, so and the bloodlines is also kind of creepy bloodlines bloodlines creeps me out blood nepo babies is funny though nepo, nepo babies is fun <laughs> it's all nepotism baby so he has a little bit of trouble with uh, like off man and zone coverage. He needs to kind of improve his technique there. Um, he needs to like he has a good press man like body and skill set, but he needs to like get more power in his upper body to play more press man. So I had him listed as like a day three developmental outside corner. And that's a guy I think is a really good person to stash on your practice squad. I know uh, Baltimore thought they would be able to get him through on theirs. They were uh, unhappy that he didn't make yeah, it. Yeah, Jim Harbaugh said he was upset. <laughs> that was the thing the word he used. How did we get him then? I mean, okay, here's the, he here's the thing. He wasn't he wasn't like amazing in the preseason. And he he's honestly like when you watch when you throw on the college tape, it's it's like he's good, but not 
super good. Like he doesn't turn around ever. He has honestly like, his college shape is a lot like Michael Jackson's college shape. He has like Trey Flowers syndrome where he just like doesn't <laughs> doesn't turn his head around to go get the ball ever for some reason, but somehow breaks up passes anyway because his arms are long and he gets them in the way really well. Um he also doesn't isn't super bursty. Like, he's not fast. We we can establish that from the is it, he's a above he's average. He's not painfully athlete, slow. He's just not fast. Yeah, he's above average athlete. I think his athleticism uh, composite score was like 75 out of 100. You know, that's good. It's not like he's terrible or anything. Um, He was a mid-round pick that people were like, hey, we can, you know, develop him a little bit. Because if he gets really good at reading routes or really good at like footwork or really good at if he can pick up like a really like a like a one of those skills and really develop them, he's a starting NFL cornerback. And if he doesn't, he's a backup NFL cornerback. He's not bad. He's not going to be like a guy who's just not making a roster. So I I love it. I love it. It's a great pickup. Um, There's upside there. Like if, like I said, if he develops some of those, you know, mental skills and there's not the downside is not worse than who we who we lost. So yeah, um, and we no ultimately one. which is no uh, which is no one because everyone everyone ended up on the practice squad. Yeah, I was going to say, spoiler alert, came back. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So okay, then uh, we also went and got Drake Thomas, linebacker out of North Carolina State. Uh, the this guy is uh, Big Burke Irvin. That's what I'll call him. He's not big though. He's 5'11", 230. Like that's my favorite part. That's, he plays so how, much bigger than his size. That's how small Ben Burke Irvin is. <laughs> <laughs> That was more of a commentary on no. This guy is like a he's not huge, but he's really smart. He gets in the right places. Uh, he's like a, lunch pail oh, kid. He was a team a coach. Ca- he was a team captain. He was a really two time team captain. But but here's the thing about Drake Drake Thomas. All right, is that in 2022 he had a 90.5 run defense grade. This guy knows how to run fit. You can see it on the tape. He knows how to run fit. Why is Drake Thomas here? Why did we want him instead of John Radigan? Well, when we put three linebackers on the field, which will be uncommon it will be when we know they're going to run what does drake thomas know how to do run fit he got a lot of tackles in the preseason i went back and watched some drake thomas preseason tape he was tackling it he was tackling everybody on in the run game this guy knows how to do it he's gonna get he's gonna get to the ball carrier he did miss hella tackles 16.4 percent <laughs> missed tackle rate which is not great uh so that's the thing that he needs it's probably because he's small so but the way that we play football where guys rally to the ball and stuff like that i do not think it will be a huge problem especially because he's here to play a role which is like a run stopping linebacker on obvious rundowns and a special teamer and i think he'll be really good at it so i i love the pickup i was super into it how old uh, is he drake thomas he is 23 23.5 I'll take it. I just I pro football focus when they, they put the ages in the yeah. with, with the decimals. So, you know, he's 23.5, but he had an 80.4 PFF rating. 23.8. I don't know if he could do it. 80 in 2022. <laughs> um, he's yep. And he's like I said, he's here. He's here to play a role. He's here to do a specific thing, which is stop the run. Stop the run. Let's see. 2023 preseason. I think he had 14 solo tackles and an 83.7 run defense grade. He's here. He's here. Yeah. He's here to play a role. And I, I think it's a good role for him. Speaking of roles, he stops run and choose Bubba gum. Speaking of roles, I'm going to move this up in the show notes right here. Speaking of roles, cause this is my transition. Uh, <laughs> Smooth boy. Mafe will be starting over Daryl Taylor. So that's a, a little bit of role fulfillment that we kind of have been expecting for a while now. If Mafe could make a little bit of a jump that Taylor would get to kind of be the situational pass roller rusher. The DPR. Chris, the Chris Clemens of the defense. What, what, we've, who are, Eric, who are some other guys that have been, that, been this for us? Who's who've been the situational pass rushers for the Seahawks over the years? Um, we've Michael, had a bunch Jacob of them. Martin. Michael Sinclair going way Ooh, back. Michael Sinclair. Yeah. Uh, Got to bring back one. those old blue jersey what, memories. What a Chad, is, was Chad Brown a situational pass rusher? No, uh, Chad he was Brown, an all-the-time linebacker and situational pass rusher. <laughs> hold on. When Pete Carroll came in, Chad Brown was going to be a situational rusher. So there wait, you go. Or wait, did you know? Um, did you know that in his case, Chad is short for Chadwick. <laughs> that means he's upper crust. That is cool. That's really cool. So I just wanted to get that in there. Okay. Um, yeah. The the see. I like that. I like that. That. Um, this is how. It, honestly, though, this is how Taylor's going to improve. I mean, we wanted to see Boyan Mafe take a step in the preseason. It looks like he has. He has earned the the chance to, you know, actually shine out as a starter. But I think Daryl Taylor, I think he will grow from not playing as much. That's just what we see is what we were hoping for last year. I think it's probably the best thing we've, for our rotation. 
We've seen it over the past like 10 years when the Seahawks have a deeper rotation of guys who have more clarity in their roles, the defense performs better. And so it's well, and not Mafe showed in the preseason. Mafe's Mafe hit the edge like yeah. hard. Like people do not like he sets a, he sets a much stiffer edge. Having Mafe and Wosu out there on as like as our early down guys, they can both get pressure and they can both set a really good run edge. It just it increases the defensive efficiency of our front seven by a lot. Yeah, and another thing that people need to think about is though there's a lot of commentary. Oh, we have we watched the preseason and we still didn't stop the run super great. And I agree, it is a little worrying that we were not able to find another nose tackle at any point. But we have not seen the defense with the starting defense. Bobby Wagner never played. You know, we we just have not seen the real defense. And Cam so, Young was mostly out. That's uh, that's an important rotational uh, nose tackle. Right. Don't judge. Don't judge the whole product until we've seen it all together. And it's not because of injuries. You know, Bobby was getting the veteran did not did not play old. You know, mm-hmm. you know he was not he was not he's not nothing's wrong with him. Be interviewed hey, Nathan, by how, Michael Bennett role. Nathan <laughs> Nathan and Eric, how mad would you have been if we'd have played Bobby in the preseason? On a scale got, of one to ten, if he, if he got hurt, I'd no, be even if he didn't get hurt, just like just I'd playing mi- him, I'd be mildly, I'd be miffed, like the same way I would would if Tyler plays. Never one series, I would have been fine with it. Beyond that, I'd have been like, ha, that's that's <laughs> yes, funny, exactly. guys. That's Tyler, funny. you can sit him down now. If Tyler returns a punt this week, I'm gonna just throw my remote <laughs> at the TV as hard as I can, just just whip it across the room like, oh, oh son no. of a gun! Just not my son. I'm gonna have to get my son out of the room. I'm gonna be like, Daddy needs Daddy needs a minute, Odin. You need to go to the other room so I can really get mad at the TV. What's wrong? Don't worry about it. I'll tell you when you're older. Nathan's <laughs> gonna pull a Brett. We'll be like, What's going on? He's like, I'm gonna go out and work in the garden. We're we'll oh, like, no. Nathan, you don't have a garden, man. <laughs> Oh, I, I have a garden. I have, we have two fruit bearing trees. No, three fruit bearing trees now. Okay. Anyway, uh, the, I didn't mean I didn't mean to attack your gardening cred. My bad. Yeah. No, it's okay. It's okay. The uh, the apples the apples are actually good this year. Nathan so. just told us. I don't know why. He's been getting a football for years. That's what, what it just submitted to. Do, do you? Okay. Okay. People always ask me. Like, hey, Wait. Do you want to watch? Do you want to watch? Do you want to watch the game with me? Do you want to watch the game with me, Nathan? Yeah. You want to see me with a notebook watching the game, getting mad the whole time? Like that's <laughs> it's. I'm not. I'm a miserable person to watch the Seahawks with. I'm not joking. I sit there with a yellow notebook and a pen and i'm writing things down and i'm just like <sighs> if as long, unless we're winning by a lot but the whole time i'm just like <sighs> you know i'm making like noises and stuff. for I'm those miserable. of you wondering why you i'm the one that it. live tweets the game on uh what well, we do through twitter and now on discord it's because uh i i do my consternation watch on the replay that's a fact <laughs> yeah so anyway, uh, let's go with uh, the rest of the, the the kind of declared starters. Trey Brown in for Michael Jackson. Eric, I know that you're you've been you would you've been joining the Trey Brown hive with me and Kevin. Uh, we you were pretty excited. We were pretty excited about the that that kind of a sub announcement. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I don't especially with the Michael Jackson played in the off season. Or I'm sorry, in the preseason. Preseason, um, yeah. It yeah it makes sense. Um, but also Trey Brown deserves it. I mean, I. I'd have, he I'd kept, he just Trey kept Brown battling, right? Michael Jackson. Yeah, I mean, Trey Brown was like, he's just, he's the guy for us, man. He yeah. looks good, you know? And he's like a, such a Seahawk guy. Like, he's just kind of nasty. Like, he's just kind of a jerk, you know, out there just trying to play super physical. And then, and he just, he kept fighting to get back on the roster or to get back, get his spot back. I, yeah, I think Trey Brown is like a perfect Seahawk. I remember Nathan and I watching his uh, pre-draft video uh, and highlights and stuff in college. We're like, man, you could just see receivers hate playing against this guy the thing that's he is funny such is such a pest mm-hmm. i would watch all these oklahoma games to watch the because that, that draft had really good wide receivers and oklahoma played everyone that year and i'd always be like who's this guy covering justin jefferson he's kind of good he's like feisty and then i'd budge and I'm like who's this guy on jamar chase he's kind of he's kind of <laughs> good he's so feisty you know it's like it's the same guy it's trey brown he ended up on the seahawks okay um okay the then um evan brown's the starting center uh olu olu Played good, but was injured, and I think just uh, we want to give him a little more seasoning, a little more mm-hmm. time in the oven. I felt That's like good. when we signed Evan Brown, it was like this guy is really going to have to shit the bed to lose this. He played, shot. and he played good. Yeah, Brown played yeah. solid. He looks solid. He's such a safe player. Like he provides such a great floor for a position, and I mean that yeah. as a compliment. Yeah, and it's not. Then it's no knock on. Oh, he'll he'll he over time. I mean, Olubatimi will get his shot, and I hope that he takes takes it. But um, for now, Evan Brown is. It's the guy for week one, and maybe you know he'll have to play his way out of the job in some way, or get hurt. And then Julian Love will be the strong safety. 
over over Jamal Adams. So that that's um Jamal Adams is out for week one. This is Love's chance to make a statement, you know, to really put himself permanently into the rotation, either as like a nickel cornerback or, you know, these three safety sets, what do we call it? Big nickel. <laughs> the big the big, the big nickel. nickel. <laughs> the return of the big nickel. Uh th- those those sets, um yeah, those are those are the kind of things that we will see. This is his chance to like be like, hey, I need to be involved in that. Not Kobe, not Devin, uh, but you should put Julian on the field. And that's he's gonna make a statement. Let right? Julian love. Yes. What is love? What is too. love? Baby, uh, don't hurt me. <laughs> anyway, uh <laughs> Well, okay, and and something to remember. Julian Love, he had uh, a sack, he had two interceptions, uh like he had three pass breakups last year, and that was with a Giants defense that um, kind of pooped down its own leg a lot. And so, like, I, they were much more competent last year than they'd been. But this is somebody who has played a lot of snaps in the league already and, like, played it with a lot of efficiency. Um, he can make plays on the ball. He can make plays in the backfield. So Julian Love, this is his chance to kind of show 12s who weren't, you know, watching a lot of Giants football due to terrible Colt McCoy uh, post-traumatic stress syndrome and I uh, they can kind of like like watch him and see what he can do so Jamal Adams is out for week one uh, other guys who are questionable for week one Witherspoon uh, he's practicing game time decision Eric if it's 50 50 what would you prefer the Seahawks do I uh, we can't afford to keep him out another week it's 50 50 keep him out yeah the Rams aren't a real NFL team so it is part of it for me too. Is the Rams are are pretty bad, and if he's like not if the groin was it the groin is it groin groin keep him out three if it, weeks if, it, if it's groin wait wait I got to see what the injury is I thought it was hamstring but I, I feel hamstring? like I feel like it's everyone's it hamstring. is I, it is it is hamstring and we talked we had a, like a long discussion about hamstring injuries in the Discord this week actually people <laughs> posted someone posted like a hamstring injury picture their leg was all bruised up and stuff it's pretty gnarly and. It got me thinking. Like these NFL, these NFL injuries are usually pretty hardcore. I've only ever pulled my quad. I've never pulled my my hamstring. So and it, it's a big muscle. So that seems like it'd be pretty hard. You do you don't want to rush back because if you rush back, you end up with what the Rams have with Cooper Cup. And, yeah, where, that guy's, and you have to fly the Minnesota specialists all week long. <laughs> in, yeah, in, di- in different states. There is no way this guy plays. Although knowing our luck, he will probably play, and he'll be like, he, "Oh, fine." But just think how fast he's going to be when he has to learn how to run again. Again, yeah, I was going to say he's going to learn how to run with a bad hamstring. That and then he'll be even faster somehow. Uh, <laughs> another another injured player that that is uh, trying to work their way back is Jackson Smith and Jigba. He's practicing with an arm cast. Now this got me looking up. What are the rules for playing in an arm cast? Because you remember back in the day, Eric Jason Pierre Paul. You remember Jason oh, Pierre Paul? Yeah, yeah uh, Jason Pierre Paul. He'd, uh, he'd have that. He'd have like that stupid club. No, and, after. No, after. You know oh, that. Oh he yeah, had that and club and then the little nub, part of the nub, part of the nub hanging out there and stuff. And then yeah, he had a big, big, big uh, rubber claw uh, thing. Okay, so I was like, what are the rules with that? Because like, if it's a hard cast, that's cheating. Like, you just hit someone on the side of the head with that. There's no way it's hard cast. So the guideline states: any cast splints and braces must be padded with at least one half inch of all closed cell slow recovery rubber or another material of the same minimum thickness and similar physical properties. And the refs get to test it before the game. And if they decide that it's not soft enough and not bouncy enough, then you don't get to play. They so most... basically hit themselves on the head and they go, yeah, it works. No. So uh, basically what happens with the little, little squeezy little kid hammers, is... it goes like, bink, bink, bink. <laughs> so what happens is what I read is that the teams play it super safe with this. Okay. They don't play it safe because they don't want the guy to just get declared out. So they play it really safe and they make it like overly thick or like really bouncy so that it's like, oh, yeah, that's definitely OK to play with. Um, I don't know how you play wide receiver with one of those on your <laughs> arm in an NFL game. I don't care how good you are. And this guy's just really all one handed catches. Yeah, one handed catches. I mean, I watched day, baby. Did, did you guys see the Twitter video of him catching passes in practice with the cast on? No, I watched all of his college tape. Yeah, but I'm like, eh, no, don't no. play. Don't play against the Rams. This we'll it be feels fine. like the Rams, and maybe I'm jumping the gun on it's, Bo- it's Bobo. It's Bobo season for the Rams. Just, <laughs> just, this is preseason just week. Hashtag four, Bobo time. It yeah, really like, is. Give the people what they want. This is a great opener for the Seahawks. It's at home against the Rams. The Rams are playing with Matt Stafford. 
The corpse, the corpse Mike, of Matt Mike, Stafford. Mike did not die. That's their only player. It's just Matt Stafford. <laughs> yeah, they got Tom and Aaron Donald. That's it. That's it. Aaron, well, well, you only, you only get trying, on one side, Cooper, though. If Cooper Cup doesn't play, they're really trying to see what you can accomplish with one player on offense and one player on defense. Well, like, to be Nathan's fair, the player on offensive line scenario good. only taken to the most extreme version, one, one player, player scenario. scenario. Exactly. It's just, can it's we gonna win? It's going to be good. Uh, we're still going to allow three sacks, but it's going to be all right. What's okay, going to so happen is Aaron Donald's going to walk to the 50-yard line, and he's going to invoke that Viking rule where you have to send out your best warrior, and then they're going to fight to the death at the 50-yard line, and if they win... Yeah, but Aaron Donald's like a Aaron Donald's a coward. We already know he fights with the helmet on. What a <laughs> was Pete, Pete's gonna look. Do you remember that? Do you remember that when he tried yes. to fight like yeah. uh, was it Justin oh, Britt? Yeah. Was it Justin Britt? He tried to fight. No, it wasn't was it Justin Britt? I can't remember. He tried to fight him. He put the helmet on to fight. Come on, dude. You fight somebody. Take the helmet a off. True gladiator. Uh, coming to a Patreon coward. special near you. We're going to break down which Seahawk we think could beat up Darren Donald the easiest. Duh. <laughs> Is he wearing the helmet? He's wearing Does the helmet. First, wait, he's, wearing, he's wearing the helmet? Yeah. Oh, we bring Owen any, Schmidt out of retirement. Nah, anyone fast, dude. <laughs> Just have, have him like spike his legs and then run away kind of thing. <laughs> That'll be fun. Okay. Um, speaking. Okay, let's get into the our depth. Okay, so the Seahawks depth. I don't think the way that waivers went was quite how anyone expected. We kind of expected us to try to get some big guys, maybe a tackle or a guard. Um, maybe a nose tackle on defense and maybe a, uh, you know, the, a bigger defensive end kind of thing. So Corbin Smith asked uh, John Schneider a question during the press conference and John Schneider said, interesting comment. He said, um, the expanded practice squad has impacted roster cut down process. Seahawks have seen less names at heavier positions or the O line and D line available on the waiver wire. Many teams stockpiling those positions on their initial 53s. So do you, do you guys see this is kind of a league-wide trend? Are you guys worried about the depth among the big men? The big Kevin, are you worried about our big man depth? Uh, I feel like every team's worried about their big man depth. And it's one of those if every team's worried, then no team is worried. Um, <laughs> I feel like if we have to put in, like, if we put Stone Forsyth in at one of the tackle positions, but the rest of our starting line is there, it'll look a lot different than it did when it was a bunch of backups with him. Like, it's like. Players along the offensive line, it's about chemistry. It's about cohesion. It's about being able to work together. And so, like, having a, a really weak player is a problem, but I, I don't think it's as big of a problem as people are going to think it is. Um, so, I'm I no I have more a lot than of, anybody else. I have a lot of evidence that, like, not having a good center really messes things up from watching the Seahawks for the last, like, five years. Yeah, we have two good centers, <laughs> so. <laughs> yeah, we finally have two good centers. That's true. All right, so the practice squad came through. Less big guys than people expected. About a million cornerbacks. Uh, and then wide receivers. Uh, we ended the up getting. The Gotel Matafornia got back. We, we ended up with O'Connell and Burns back. Uh, those are the two guys we cut when on waivers day. Winston Jr., Lance Boykin. Um, it's a lot of guys that you know. John John Rat from preseason. John Rat Levi Bell came back, which is awesome. I was yes. kind of worried that he might be a guy who get Joey Hunt, um, Kay Johnson. Uh, I can't read this. It's too small. So <laughs> Roderick Thompson, uh, Robert Rochelle, who I think was a nice pickup off of the Rams. He's another like very sea hockey measurables guy. Uh, kind of uh, like he was a really raw prospect. Uh, Matt Landers continues to be tall and fast. Um, uh, Tyler and, Mabry, Ty Okada, yeah. uh, Holton Aylers. Yeah, Holton Aylers to be our emergency third quarterback. Everybody no, no, Kevin. Cons- conspiracy, Kevin. Tell us, tell us your, tell us your Holton Aylers theory. Conspiracy, Kevin. Oh, that's easy. Uh, you have to get used to being able to play with a left-handed quarterback, and uh, with uh, Michael Penix coming up in next year's draft. I mean, either he's either the perfect backup for Tua, or we're just we're just prepping. And we're preparing. We're preparing for him to be our, our backup for Geno by having a left-handed quarterback. For we're going to join the club, the Big Penix oh. Club. The the left-handed quarterback thing, man. If there's two starting left-handed quarterbacks in the NFL at the same time, that's crazy. That would be so. That'd be so insane. So yeah, I I, I love the people squad. desperately clawing for left-handed quarterback comparisons for college quarterbacks because there's like so few left-handed quarterbacks that you love. So people are like, it kind of reminds me of Steve Young, and I'm like. I mean, 
Okay. In, in what way? <laughs> in the in that he's left-handed and can actually throw like an NFL quarterback. That apparently yes. makes you Steve Young. <laughs> I don't know. I, I think about Penix is he, the wide receivers he's throwing to are so good. I, I, Penix I do, is legitimate. He's just old he's and has good. health issues. He's good, but I feel it might be like um, it's it's the guy from that's on Detroit, Malik Hooker 2.0, where it's like this is a yes. good quarterback, but like he's not amazing and he's playing in a really good offense and still better than Brandon Whedon. Yeah, yeah, Romo Dunes, uh, Romo Dunes and uh, Jalen McMillan and Polk. Like, that's a really stacked receiver core. Yeah. Anyway, this isn't a UW podcast. Thank God. So, 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 so uh, the, the, I said that with, so the, I think I said that with the right amount of disdain. And uh, yeah, um, as a member of the Landers Hive, it was good to see him back. I like East Sump Winston. The, some of the, I think one or two of these guys is getting called up on Sunday. Uh, you know, you can call guys up off the practice squad a couple of times without exposing them to waivers. I do think we Who's see it a couple. Be? I think one, I think Aesop Winston is like a lock because we oh, need like someone need to, ret- re- to return punts unless they're going to throw like Tyler out there and tell him to fair catch every time, which is something they could do. I don't think they will do watching it. Nathan throw his remote over and over. There's no. OK, here's the thing. If we pick Tyler Lockett to return punts, there's just. <laughs> There's wow. just Here it goes. No, there's just no way he ever returns it. No, it's just fair okay? catches. He's just fair catches, which sucks. I it's horrible. I hate just fair catches. And the other thing is, is Tyler Lockett has like the longest return in Seahawks history. Did you know that? Yes. He has a hundred and nine yard kick return. Like this guy has the longest return in Seahawks history. But he just does years ago. He's, yeah, I was gonna say it's just it was a million. It was a million years ago. Now he's bald. It was three leg injuries ago. He does real estate now, so obviously he can't. Obviously, as a real estate agent, he can't just be taking tackles anymore. <laughs> it was, it was he's got a career, ago, Kevin. He's Nathan, got a career. Nathan to think hates about. onside. Uh, he hates fair catches. They're coarse and rough and irritating and get everywhere. Okay, I don't hate fair catches, but like he's the kind of guy who's going to take a fair catch on the three, and that's like not going to be fun for my mental health. Okay? You know what it is? The problem is that Tyler Lockett sees a football and goes, "I'm catching that. It's a point of pride." Yeah, oh, and you need somebody man. who's just willing to let one go by, but Tyler Tyler can't. He sees a football and he has to catch it. Ugh. All right, you want to dunk on the Rams a little bit? Yeah, well, I feel like they did yeah. that enough on their own. They're a mess. This team is a mess. I I wrote this in the show notes. You guys can see it that they're a mess. Okay, so Bill Belichick came out and he's like, Kevin, you you do the you do say a Bill Belichick thing in Bill Belichick voice. You got a good Bill Belichick. Okay, what 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 do I have to say? Oh no! Just say whatever you want. It doesn't matter. But Bill Belichick said he basically uh, the uh, this uh, this they're uh, they're they're an NFL team. I got a lot of respect for uh, for Sean McVay getting into the getting into the Super Bowl a couple of times. That's a that's an accomplishment. You're you're close to what he said. Okay, so he did say like when you have a when you stack up the roster like they did, um, and like New 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 England did. He was saying that they used to have a stack roster, which I agree with. They I did with a seven stack roster. Um, he said, at some point you have to pay the price. Yep. He said, you're seeing it with us. You're seeing it with the Rams. You're seeing it with Tampa Bay. All things I agree with. And you're going to see it in Philadelphia. Eventually it's going to happen. Okay. You get, you, you not, might not see it in, in the chiefs. They've done really well. That Mahomes contract is like genius looking now. It looks that and their ability to overturn their offensive looks, line by getting guys to slide in around five that have no business being in the fifth round. The only, the only reason I can't say possibly say the Geno Smith contract is the best quarterback contract in the NFL is because of the existence of the Patrick Mahomes contract. Picking they just up pr- fast bodies at wide receiver. That's all they need. Yeah. Man. Just, just they're going to have like five guys who catch for 600 yards this year. It's going to be great. So the uh, wide receivers, but Okay, but they're less less he was like, uh yeah, I kind of agree. <laughs> he didn't even, he didn't That's even deny. It's you, true. Usually guys are usually guys are like, no, when we put we're putting out a great football team this year. We really believe in our guys. Less he was like, no, we're trash and it's a problem. <laughs> <He's> like, <laughs> but then he just keeps pointing at his Super Bowl ring over and over again. I mean, if I was them, I wouldn't Eric, would you would you be garbage for five years if we won a Super Bowl? Would you be fine with that? Uh you know, I if we won another one, I would have said yes a while ago. But knowing how it felt after losing that second one, no, I don't. I don't like it. I want so to you would other thing. You wouldn't trade a Super Bowl win for five years of just like what the Rams are right now. I think I would have done it after the Patriots lost, but right now, no. You need how okay. fun is it being ten years of consistently competitive though? Like yeah, that's it, it has been that's so fun that. to be a Seahawks fan for a decade. It's, yeah, the t- the team that the team that Les Need actually uh, complimented in his. In his like little like oh we're garbage now because we we have to pay the price. The team he complimented was Pittsburgh. 
He said Pittsburgh, yeah. but in Pittsburgh, the team they have the most in common with is actually us. Yeah, we're yep. uh, we're the most we're like the NFC Steelers. He just doesn't want to admit it. You don't want to compliment your division rivals. It's fine. It, I'm not I'm not bitter about it. I respect the hatred on that, <laughs> especially because you know he has to compliment the team that had a rapist as a quarterback for like 20 years. Whatever. That's I, right. I just whatever whatever you say, man. I'm I'm yeah. Don't compliment your division rivals. Compliment the team that has no morals. But <laughs> sorry, but uh, here here's why the Rams suck. You ready? $75 million in dead money this year. That's so bad. If, if you want to know what you can get for $75 million, you can get TJ Watt and Aaron Donald. <laughs> you, can, you can go sign jo- Joey Bosa and and TJ Watt. Like you, can get, you can get two of whoever you want in the NFL for $75 million. So here's who they're paying dead money to. Allen Robinson gets $21.5 million from the Rams this year. To be the Wolf. number three receiver on Pittsburgh. Ouch. Allen. Allen Robinson, 21.5? That they had that many guarantees on that contract? Yikes. Jalen Ramsey, 19.6. At least Jalen Ramsey is good at football. I, I understand why they moved on from him. You know, it's a losing situation. Uh, they got good draft capital. Um to make up for trading away all their draft capital. Really weird though, because I mean <laughs> I think I remember them wearing shirts that said something like um it was like funk those picks or something. I, I don't know why they would trade a player for picks then, I mean, especially if it's a good player. Uh, Len- Leonard Floyd <laughs> is being paid $19 million to not play football for the Rams this year. Uh, I I don't I don't. They know. pay Leonard Floyd to be a lot of money to be passable because Aaron Donald exists. Having those contracts, though, like little things like dunking on the Rams, I don't want that to ever be my team unless we've won like five in a row, like three in a row, something that is like, I don't yeah, know. we're amazing and you suck because it's, it's just so embarrassing. Also, the Pats yeah. bottoming out was like still almost a winning season. Like, like the, <laughs> And the, the only reason to cut Leonard Floyd like they did to just like – throw him into the into the ether the way that they did is like you're just you're just know you're going to be bad this year you're just like oh yeah let's just let's just suck because he i mean you could say what you want about him he did have nine sacks last year and he was immediately picked up by the by the team that's probably hunting the hardest for a super bowl in the afc the buffalo bills so they definitely were doing it you know what? And they didn't really get that much draft capital for Ramsey. No, they got they got a third. Yes, they, they suck. They're paying Bobby <laughs> Wagner seven point five million dollars. Isn't that great? We're paying That's... his. We're paying Bobby Wagner less to pay for us than they're paying him to not play play for them. Yeah, we're getting, we're paying Bobby seven. They're paying him seven point five. So thank you for paying over half of Bobby's salary this year to the to the Los Angeles Rams. You know what? Rams suck, but they won a Super Bowl. So. I think a lot of people would say that it's all worth it. You know, like you just take what I don't get is like Sean McVay and Aaron Donald. Okay. So you, you go and you, you, you win the Super Bowl, And then after you win it, you're at the, you're at the parade, you're at the press conference and you're both, both of them are like, I think I'm, I'm going to retire. I'm going to walk away. Or, or Sean McVay said, he just wants to step away from the game for a while. You know, maybe do some announcing or something. And then they sure. both decided, let's come, let's come back. Let's run it back. Do you think, in their hearts, they thought that the Rams were going to be really good last year. No. I think they did. I think they no did. No way. No way. Last I think year, the, yeah, I think they thought they were going to be good last year. I, th- I think they thought last year was going to be like the last year of the window. Like they, I think they thought like, oh, we might get 10 wins last year. At what point, though? Because not this year. Before Fox, Matthew Stafford's back died. There was Even talk if, of the like Sean McVay retiring and Aaron Donald retiring. I just felt like they knew there was a price to pay and they were paying it immediately yeah i think that i think they they i don't know i don't know what maybe sean McVay really wants to do a rebuild he wants to start over for ground zero he wants to go get caleb williams and, and build him from the ground up they have their first round pick this year correct so so, so they can actually if they suck they actually will get to uh, benefit from it as opposed to last year where they gave the number four overall pick to the detroit lions i think so yeah that's horrible absolutely terrible he's number six at number six i don't know i don't care <laughs> the rams suck <laughs> this team is bad we should handle the rams on sunday correct we all agree on that i think so yes They're... however however the line moved which means that doesn't mean anything that means that people are hammering the 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 seahawks to win it but the line's only four and a half and if you look at like the the picks out there on various websites <clears throat> the big the big boys have us winning but the other teams 
uh, or the other websites are kind of like you know, trust me, the Rams are uh, are are better than you think in this situation. Oh, Just uh, interesting stuff. Oh, that was that that I was. Akella Witherspoon and Darian Kendrick are their starting outside corners. Yikes! Who's covering DK Metcalf? No, he one. could go for two hundred yards against the these defensive backs. Yeah, it's moved to minus five and a half. That's crazy. It opened at like what three and a half? This yeah, this is. I mean, it just feels like a really good matchup for us, though. To be honest with you, it just they are not good. Um, unless they play ball control and we cannot stop the run to save our lives, and it kind of squashes the overall scoring. Otherwise, like it's a home game. Should just be go like the Seahawks should be running away from it with this game, like basically from the beginning. Yeah, I suspect it's one of the biggest lines of the day, and it deserves to be to be so. Bigger lines. The Commanders are favored by seven. The Vikings are favored by six. The Ravens are favored by ten. That's it. We're the, the Chiefs fourth. are favored by 17. Sorry, that's my spread. The Chiefs are favored by five. That's crazy. Um, hey, that's, man. That's Dan, my lock of the week. Dan Campbell biting kneecaps. I guess. <laughs> I guess. Yeah, that's that's it. That's the, that's the your lock of the week is uh is Chiefs minus five. <clears throat> yes, I can dig. I can dig it. Don't go lock pick of the century. My, my, I'll, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Seahawks minus five and a half for my. All right, the the Seahawks versus the Rams. Let's get it in, boys. What what are your, what are your picks for for this one? Uh, uh, I'll Kevin. begin. Oh, okay, oh, Eric. Kevin's go gonna go. It. Eric, take it. It was all real quiet, so I was like, "Well, dead air." Yeah, jump in. You got this, Seahawks. <laughs> Thanks, Kevin. I'm going to try. Seahawks are uh, going to have a little trouble only because it's rusty week one. This is, like I said, the perfect opponent for us to play in week one with Cooper Cup not playing and a bunch of dead bodies being on the field for your ex-St. Louis Rams. Um, I've got a close one, 23-21 Seahawks. Um, Not what you wanted to hear, but at least it's a win. You want me? I'm... Yeah, go ahead. You can go ahead. Okay. Uh, this is going to be a bloodbath. Uh, Seahawks 37, Rams 12. I hope you're right, Kevin. I so, hope you're right. Um, one thing I've learned about Pete Carroll, Peter Clay Carroll, over this this summer, seeing him be interviewed by KJ, seeing him interview, being interviewed by, uh, by R- Richard Sherman, is that much like me, myself, Pete Carroll is very motivated by spite. I am very motivated by having a chip on my shoulder by spite. Um, Like I'll give an example from my real life. Kevin, we we have a a boys trip that we go on every weekend. And Kevin last year was the pickleball champion. He beat everyone at pickleball. And I was very motivated to win this year by spite. (laughs) I just was mad that I didn't win last year. I wouldn't even – when I won, it wasn't even that satisfying. It was just more like, yeah, I I did it. I finally got – I got got the win back. Honestly, Nathan and I's friendship is basically founded on competitive pettiness. And then next year, I know Kevin's gonna like. He's probably gonna like try harder than he did last year because he last year because he had just try hard. He came off a win. He didn't care as much about winning this year. He will be motivated by. I was in my five season window. I have my Super Bowl. Another thing too is the way the way I played the way I played pickleball. I was super petty too. I realized no one else could hit a backhand but me. So I was just like, I'm putting it on everyone's backhand every single time. (laughs) Can't score, which is like a. That's not fun. That's just mean. But I was spiteful. I was spiteful. I couldn't. I couldn't not do it. So, so yeah. I was, um, you know, I was motivated by the spite. And uh, yeah, that that's Pete Carroll to a T. And you know what? He, he got. We got beat up by the Rams for many years in the Sean McVay era. And he is spiteful. <laughs> <laughs> he is not going to go. Oh, he did not well. take his foot off the gas against John Har- against uh, uh, Harbaugh either. Like you know, he's not going to be like. He's not going to be like. Oh yeah, we'll just play a good game. We'll keep it close. You know. No. Pete Carroll wants to go in there and and throttle the Rams. He wants to go in there and put the Rams in the cage. He wants to make them <laughs> feel depression and sadness. And you know what? I'm for it. I'm for it because much like me, Pete Carroll is motivated by s- spite. And so, yeah, I think we're going to win by a lot too. I'm going to go 28 to, to 13. 15 point, nice 15 point victory for wow. your Seattle Seahawks. Uh, and I just think they're going to play hard the whole game. 
And then I cannot wait to see what Bobby Wagner does because I have a feeling <laughs> he's going to be extra petty in this game. And I don't know why, because he was he was a little petty against us last year. He played his two best games of the season. He's a little petty. And I, he, he admitted but, it, too. And then I don't I think like for some reason, because the Rams didn't really wrong him in any way. They did like cut him and they were like, yeah, go ahead, go back to the Seahawks. But maybe that for him, he's going to take that as disrespect. He's going to be like, oh, they just let me go back to the division rivals. They don't think I'm good anymore. They don't want me part of their team. <laughs> spite. You know what the second side of that is? Spite, spite, you just played a whole season victory. in L.A. He's It's going to be his first game back in front of a Seattle crowd. Yeah. He is going to be juiced. As yes. a home, as a, as a, yeah, as a, as a Seattle Seahawk too. A whole season having to listen to that Randy Newman song, I Love LA. Oh, it's, <laughs> now it's payback time. <laughs> spite, like I said, spite, powered by spite. You know what? Hey, I, I don't, you redheaded my dad. I'll be honest with you. If I never heard Bittersweet Symphony again, though, it would be too soon. Like, I'm, stop. Is they, every, they still, they, they still do that, right? I ask that, I go, yeah, I see the Brett. That. Yeah, this I don't. Oh I wasn't the, at the draft this year, but usually I say, "Hey, Brett, do they still play that?" And he's like, "Oh, kind of. You know, it's just at the beginning." Yeah, just at the. I don't. That's just in not the same a, place they always play it. Play play "Woohoo" by Blur two or something. <laughs> song two by Blur or whatever. <laughs> woo-hoo, song two. I call woo-hoo. it "Woohoo." Well, <laughs> that's my song. My son goes. My son goes. Play that "Woohoo" song, Dad. <laughs> Accurate. Uh, Season tickets song. in the after the inaugural season. I was like, "This is really our." This is really our opening theme. That's how they get pumped up. And then they play the brown note. It just goes. (laughs) They used to play Welcome to the Jungle. Do you like like when they play the brown note at the The game? Brown note, yes. By by Hans Zimmer. (laughs) Exactly what I was thinking. Just how they play the Hans Zimmer note. All right. Okay. Let's uh, let's get into it right here. Uh, That's it. That's it. We all think the Rams are going to lose. Seahawks win. Um, I don't see. I don't see. I'll, I'll say this one more last thing. I don't really see it like a clear path to victory for the Rams. It is. It's like, they're just a, a dumpster fire of a franchise and it's, it's awesome. <laughs> I, I would, I would, sometimes I might say something nice. there, like, Oh, it's, it's not, it's not that cool. You know, I'm sad that they're bad. You know, maybe if it's like a franchise I have some respect for like, uh, what's a franchise I respect if they were really bad. Uh, if the, Man, I really hate like most of the other NFL teams. This is not Jacksonville. <laughs> if Jacksonville was really bad again, oh, like now he... that they started, now they started turning the corner. And if they went like three and fourteen this year, I'd feel bad. I'd be like, oh, that sucks. I feel like feel like they were finally turning. The How about corner. whatever Respect team Andy Reid's currently coaching? Yeah, Andy Reid. There's a good example. If the if the Chiefs just went into the dumpster, I'd be like, oh, that's kind of sad. But the but the Rams, they can suck forever. I don't care. <laughs> I do have one more thing. We've been ta- I've been talking a lot about my uh, lack of belief in the uh less than vaunted rams uh defense uh i'd also like to trash their offense real quick joe noteboom sucks and rob havenstein can't figure out if he can be good for back-to-back games um i want to see our pass rush go off this could be this is the type of team that you can pad stat uh, pass rushing stats against i want to see three or more sacks from our team Oh, more, more. All right. There are many ways to support the Seahawks Nest podcast. The best way to do so, Edward, patreon.com slash Seahawks Nest for a little dollar 24 a month. Get access to the Discord um, and also to the first this week um, recorded phone call between me, Brett, and whoever else shows up in the Discord. You never know. You never know who could show up. I'm going to open it up to literally anyone. This could be the worst decision of my <laughs> life. And it's Over only on Patreon. And it's only on Patreon because I am not editing it in any way. <laughs> and there and will I, be cursing. And there will be cursing. It's not, it's going to be the real emotional, like I'm calling Brett on the telephone the moment the game ends. Uh, sorry in advance. <laughs> you, and also, if you really want to be part of it, you can get your voice on there and join it. So thank you to those uh, of you who support the show. Uh, Emmanuel, Andy, Brett, Cooper, Evan, Floctimus, Gavin, James, Jose, Joshua, Lucas, Malcolm, Micah, Ryan, Terrence, Timothy, Tom, Astro, Blake, Bob, Casey, David, uh, Daniel, Foles, Jay, Luke, Michelle, Mike, Mike, Noah, Thomas, Brandon, Nick, and Chip. And if I didn't say your name, and I usually do, this is the time of year. Most people who set their yearly subscriptions get subscriptions. And yes, about seven of you got your credit cards declined. <laughs> <laughs> Which is just awesome. Um, sorry, your credit card got stolen. You had to get a new one. That's always the worst. That's a terrible experience. It does suck. 
It just sucks, man. It sucks. Sorry, so you forgot to pull it out bad. of the, uh, the payment center at the gas station. Uh, be more careful next time. And yeah, uh, it's like sorry, fast food places don't play their pay their employees, so they run credit card scams. Bro, I out saw of their fast food place. I saw a TikTok. I saw a TikTok trend where it was fast food employees show credit card numbers on their TikTok stream, and I was like, this is horrible. But like these people don't get paid enough, so I don't. Know. I feel bad. I'm just kidding. That's a horrible thing. Yeah, to I, I do feel bad, and they should go to jail, even if they, they do serve a honey chicken pimento sandwich that I'm going oh, to try. Okay, uh, I mean, I, I that's I just use the apps now to order the food. They never see my credit card anymore. Like I'm just like I'll go on the app because usually in the app there's like you'll go into the Jack in the Box app, you know, and it's like oh I can still get two tacos for 99 cents. Oh, you just you're hiding it on my phone instead of letting me just order it at the window. It's kind of messed up, but okay. <laughs> It's like the, it's like it's like that. That's what that's what the apps are like now. Like all the good deals are on your app. The Taco now. Bell, build your own box. Right, the, great, oh, the greatest deal in fast food. It's the it's the last stand for for like true values in in fast food. Where it's like this thing is like six dollars and it's three thousand calories. Yes. <laughs> it's six. It's it's uh, it's, it's six dollars. <laughs> and if you are currently training for an Ironman contest, it is enough calories for this you is, to sustain yourself an entire day. Yeah, this is what I, I think that uh, the guy Plus with the, uh, Mike, Michael Phelps was using these during uh, his <laughs> training. He was like, give me three of the Taco Bell <laughs> lunchtime value menu. We're going to uh, get a story in next year's NFL draft about the offensive lineman who had to gain like 80 pounds to move from running back to left tackle. And he's be like, I just got Taco Bell, build your own boxes. I ate three of those a day. And then if, I worked out for eleven hours. <laughs> if I could have, if I could have been an NFL running back, that would have been my path to happiness, Kevin. <laughs> we just uh, go to it would go to the Japanese buffet. I'm like I'm just going again, yo. It's good. <laughs> oh boy! All right, let's. Uh... All right, so movie club this week is a movie that uh, was thrust onto Netflix. Feels like um, randomly. Me and Kevin both can't remember if we did this movie for Movie Club or not. We both think not. But no, if I, not, if this could be the first ever like repeat Movie Club within a month, that's how bad. That's so meta. That's how bad our brains are at the middle at the beginning of the school year. <laughs> that's all getting true. older. <laughs> it's like like I'm like I'm just like trying to get all my classroom materials together and stuff right now. And I, and Kevin Kevin is the same. And it's just like uh, maybe I th- I don't think we did it. We talked about doing it, but I don't think we actually did it. We did plane instead. Did we do plane? We did plane. We did. We definitely did plane. Here's the thing about plane. It was certainly <laughs> one of the movies of all time. You uh, know, I mean, it promised something and it delivered that thing. And that was, thing was a plane. It was one of the movies that I have seen in my life. Okay. <laughs> they clone Tyrone. It's it. Okay. Did the, first of all, before we start in the plot, we're going to spoil everything. So if you've not seen it, turn the podcast off, go watch it on Netflix, come back or don't come back. Just watch it and tell me what you thought in the discord. And if you the, like, sorry to bother you, if you like, uh, that's uh, exactly what I was going to say. Dynamite, if you like any of those, you need to see this. This is a movie that, that, uh, does the, the edgy sci-fi black exploitation stuff. Uh, it does it really well. It's very <laughs> funny. Very, very funny. Whatever JB Fox is doing, this entire movie is worth a ticket by itself. Slick Rick is Slick, Slick. Charles. Or Slick, Slick Charles. Charles is one of the <laughs> greatest greatest characters um all time. Slick Charles has he just has a he has a way with words, you know? Slick Charles. Oh, the way so that good. he the way that he talks like just cracks <laughs> me up. He uses like these like uh he has such strong vocabulary, but also just says like the most the asinine most shit. Stuff. It's so funny. Uh, yeah, the movie, <laughs> the movie's very, very good. Uh, so it starts off. Okay, we start off following uh, John Boyega. It's uh, like a Fontaine. Fontaine. He decides he doesn't like that someone's trying to kind of move in on his territory for drug dealing of some kind. He has a rival drug dealer who is played by another famous actor, but I can't remember who it is right now. Uh, and then he he decides he takes the guy out with his car, right, and like breaks his leg or something. And that part is actually <laughs> that part is actually played as like light comedy, which is funny to me. It, it, the way they they and play the really scene, is. it makes you it makes you laugh. Like you're like, oh, that's funny. And then uh, they they. Uh, he get so then he does that. He goes to meet up with Slick Charles to get some uh, some money uh, that Slick Charles owes him, and he gets 
killed. Uh, he gets he gets shot up in his car in the in the hotel parking lot. Yeah. Uh, by then, the way, I love where you get the line about Yo-Yo. That's why I call it. That's why I named you Yo-Yo. You always come back. Then it, yeah, and then it's not Yo-Yo. It's a. Uh, it's, <laughs> it's, it's Fontaine. Fontaine. And yeah. then he's like, oh, shit. <laughs> yeah. He opens the door right away, and he definitely would not have opened it if he thought it was Fontaine. No, he opens the door right away and then closes it yeah. in his face, tries to regroup, and then opens it again. That is... All of these interactions are so good with Slick Charles. And so then, yeah, we so we go to uh, – we now go cut back and it's like – I think the next cut is he's waking up, right? Yeah, it's it's a Groundhog Day style repeat of the next morning. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then, and then Slick – Fontaine shows up to look for the money again and he doesn't remember anything. And then uh, they find and Slick Charles thinks he's a ghost and is freaking out. Yeah, that has figure... to be noted here. They go and find Yo-Yo. They ask her some questions because she was, you know, outside or whatever. Um, so they go to investigate. They they notice like weird black SUVs that are kind of around town. So they follow one or no. Yo-Yo knows where one is parked. Uh, she's like, I've seen one of these. It's parked over by my grandma's house. So they go there, and it's like a weird, it's like a um, you know, empty looking house. But there's a Wasn't weird a trap house. Yeah, but there's yeah. a weird break room in it. Yes, <laughs> it's like like a straight up like. Well, work... they end up opening a closet. <laughs> it's, like and... a, it's like a straight up work break room <laughs> in the in the house, and then they find an elevator, which leads to an underground lab. There's a weird uh, like white scientist with an afro. Al- albino, albino black guy. I don't know how you'd say this. Yes. Uh, Slick he accidentally kills him. <laughs> so in this part, we, we there's an important plot point here. Slick snorts like he just finds this white substance and decides to snort it. Very, very slick, Charles. But it gives him the giggles, which becomes an important plot point later when they're eating. They're, they're eating this like spicy fried chicken that has advertisements all throughout the movie. And everyone's just giggling and laughing. And then Fontaine's like, don't eat that. <laughs> It's, it's got the it's got that powder in it. He's like freaking out, and then Yo Yo like seduces the the manager of the chicken place, and they figure out that like yeah, there's like mind control. The long story is the the short version. They find out like they're using mind controlled mind altering substances in all kinds of products, hair hair products, uh, the chicken, different things to try to. They are using poor communities as guinea pigs. For mind control uh, and like social manipulation projects, because their goal is they're gonna they're going to like whitewash society and like create peace through these through these like kind of uh, once they finish their experiments and they know all these products work or whatever, <laughs> that's what they're gonna do. And it's revealed that um, old old man Fontaine is the person who's behind it. Fontaine, Grandpa Fontaine, um, but he also has like serial killer fbi agent fontaine because there's a bunch of clones uh, the movie's called that we kind of tell around then Fon- we find out that fontaine did die but he was cloned right like there's a clone of him and um so they, you know they they end up uh he finds it he knows the trigger word yeah, to Kiefer activate Sutherland is so to- good in this as the oh, yeah. as the like super uh like awful uh black ops like agent who uh, I think his is, name is I think they gave him the, they named him Nixon too. Yes, they did. <laughs> which is like, which is like super perfect for like the evil, evil uh, guy who is trying to do these like horrible race experiments. But you skipped over one of the most delightful parts of the movie because you talk about Yo-Yo's girl Nancy Drew because yeah, no, that I is just, how they I end up doing a, the investigation. I think there's a better part, which is when he, when, when they, he's like standing over the not dead slick Charles. And then he's, he's, and then slick Charles comes up behind him and shoots Kiefer Sutherland. And then he like comments on how his jewelry so good and how he should have been able to tell it wasn't him. From the <laughs> <laughs> so that's what, that was a, that was mine. And that, yeah, so then the clone, you know, the clones are free. They're, they they expose the operation. And then, uh, you know, Fa- Los Angeles Fontaine uh, sees the clones on TV and realizes that, um, you know, he's a clone also. And that's my the- favorite part. It, that's that's another great thing is that's where you get the movie title drop in the most satisfying way ever, because it turns out the guy who shows up at the end and is Fontaine in L.A. is Tyrone. Yeah. So uh, they clone Tyrone is the line that his friend drops on the couch when they're watching the newsfeed of what happened 
in like Detroit or wherever it was. And it's it's smash cuts to the end of the movie too. <laughs> right when right when he says it, oh, they cloned Tyrone. Boom, movie's over. Uh, <laughs> um, so okay, as far as like sci-fi uh, comedies go, I think that this movie is uh, it's pretty pretty good. It's like I thought it was very very good. It has a really good cast. Like the three main cast members, uh, John Just Boyega, Tayana Paris, and and Jamie Fox are all like ten out of ten. They're so good in this movie. They're so funny. They they hit the right level of like um, both being funny and also being uh, serious enough that you kind of take the movie seriously. You know what? Oh, there's one scene I didn't mention that that where David Allen Greer is that preacher. Yes, which is like the perfect Dave Allen Greer role. Eric, did you did you like oh, Dave? I, <laughs> David Allen Greer is one of my favorites. Man, he's he's always funny. He always picks really smart roles. Um, I love David Allen Greer. Yeah, he and good. Kiefer Sutherland were like my. I think those. That's two, when they figure the main three. They rounded out the cast. They figure out that there's some mind controlling substances in the grape drink, right? Yep. That they're the serving as sacrament. <laughs> As sacrament at the, the sacramental uh, grape drink at the uh, at, their, at the church. Yeah, this movie, this movie is really good. It's like genre. Well, bending. Let's not forget, like, uh, what's the uh, the old man? Uh, that's uh, that they that he like always uh, gives a little bit to outside of the mini mart. Oh, Big Moss. Uh, no, that wasn't Big. Wait, Moss. no, Big Moss is the guy who always has the fan, right? Big Moss is the guy who always has the little electric fan, which is I was going to bring that up too because that's amazing. Um, no, Frog, Leon Lamar, Frog. Okay, yeah, yeah. Uh, Frog is always hanging out in front of the mini mart, and it was kind of a nod to um, what's the movie uh, with like Katie Holmes, where it's there's the crazy old guy who knows that the mind control experiments are happening. Um, but like that's the character that's the throwback to you know. Uh, the the crazy guy from Friday the 13th who knows that the murders are happening like it it that's like that's like a classic slasher movie character of the guy everyone thinks is crazy but like it's more like his brain just overloaded when he figured out what was going on and like mm-hmm. he's he has a lot of static but if you listen to him enough he's telling you about what's happening yeah. and so like like that was another cleverly woven in trope there's there's a lot of things in this movie that are very lovingly crafted for people that enjoy the genre. This movie is the kind of movie that they should be putting on streaming services. Yep. There's so much, there's so much lazy crappy content that makes its way onto these streaming services that like this movie, it's not perfect. It has like a 96 on rotten tomatoes. That's like overboard. It's because it's so easy to like, if you want to watch it, you'll probably like, like I'm not saying it's bad. It's really good. But it's not perfect. There's things in this movie. It's a little bit. It's a little bit meandering. It's a little uneven. Um, there's parts of it where you're like, okay, let's get on with it a little bit. But it swings really hard, and when and it and it when it hits, it's really hitting. And I think that is like the kind of thing, like the movies that end up on these streaming services should not be like safe, bland action movies with 15 stars in them. I'm looking at you, Red Notice. But like they should be big swings, like this movie. This movie's a big swing. And because of that, it's really fun. And it's not a home run. It's like a double. But there's nothing wrong with a double. Hit some doubles. I want to see some doubles. It's it's a double. Doubles are good. If Netflix <laughs> came out with a movie like this every single month, I would be happier about my subscription service. Yeah, this is this is what I want. I want less less red notice and more. I feel less like I bring gray man less. I feel like I bring up I feel like I bring up red notice a lot, but I mean, I was just That's cuz that is like that is a ham sandwich with no mayo or cheese of movies. Uh it's just just, just cheese Wonder and bread. bread and ham. Just, just it's just cheese and bread. You we've all had to have a cheese and bread sandwich in our lives. Eric, Eric, are you eating some cheese and bread sandwiches? Cheese and bread used to be my favorite when I was a kid. I mean, it, it's just—it's not perfect. Now, though. no thanks. You, you yeah. wish that you wish that you didn't have to do it, but but sometimes you got it. Now do I it. want toasted bread. Now I want meat on it. Yeah. Now, now I want at least I need some butter on it on it, and I'm gonna <laughs> toast it up. Like I'm not just gonna eat. eat I have uh, to ask for permission my... to use the oven, so you know I'm gonna I'm gonna make myself some garlic bread. Anyway, other than Spy Kids Armageddon, is there any other uh, Netflix movies on your guys's radar right now, coming up? <laughs> not, not right now. I need to uh, take Spy a look. Spy Kids Oh man, I never Dude, watched any of the. Actually, Spy isn't Kids that movie. one Fincher movie? Uh, uh, isn't the killer? 
Uh, yes, it is. Yeah. So I guess uh, that's the next one on my list. You know, I have fast, I have one that's on my list that I think you guys might enjoy. Chicken Run, um, Chicken Run, Dawn of the Nugget. Dread is streaming again on Netflix, so oh, that's probably oh, yeah. that's immediately going on my list. Yeah, Kevin's feel good movie for when he I'm gets, gonna watch the One Piece series. The next when the next pandemic hits, Kevin needs a feel good movie. He's gonna go straight to Dread. Uh, <laughs> I can't believe you guys aren't aren't excited for Spy Kids Armageddon. Come on, guys, it's gonna be so good. I was too old for Spy Kids. I know Zachary Levi sucks. I mean, I don't disagree, but it's gonna it's gonna be great. Come on. All right. Anyway, for Kevin, for Eric, we will see you guys next week. Go Hawks.